What's up, everybody? Hello. It is Cover B Real Extra. So extra. We are exceptionally extra. Very. We apologize for the technical difficulties this week. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen again, because that was really, really frustrating. <laughs> we recorded a full episode, everything was so, great, yeah. and the settings, like, wigged out, and the recording was null and void. Completely trashed, yeah. Even going back to, like, previous saves, we didn't do anything for it, so. It was very strange and agitating. So, that's why you didn't have one on Friday. But you'll have one today, and that's what's up. True. And today, we're talking about the Joker. True. We are doing that. We are talking about Joker. So, I went into this movie with incredibly low expectations, mm -hmm. admittedly. I went in, I feel like a lot of the reviews have been talking about how it's not, like, it's a good movie, but not really a Joker movie, and I've heard some negative feedback about the violence and the depiction of the male protagonist and how he shouldn't be a protagonist and blah, 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 blah. And so I went in like fully low expectations, kind of just seeing it very X-Men <clears throat> style, the way we went and saw it so that y'all didn't necessarily have to go see it. Mm. <laughs> Doing our good podcaster duty. Yeah. Um, But actually it was great. It was really good. It was, yeah, I liked it better than I expected. I don't think I went in with such a negative outlook as you did i didn't realize you were expecting to not like it um until like the day of and you were like i'm expecting to hate this movie and i was like <laughs> okay um i don't know why it looks like a good movie but i um yeah i went into it you know expecting to like it but expecting to like it as a movie separate from uh joker or batman or dc comics or anything like that um Overall, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was different than what the trailers kind of led on to believe. And then, you know, there was a lot of negative press about this movie leading up to it, both in terms of the violence and pretty much everyone involved with it being an asshole at some point in time. They really were. Um, yeah, like, literally, the build-up to it, you had, like, Robert De Niro's former assistant came out and started talking about him being an abusive douchebag and like Joaquin Phoenix kept walking out on interviews or walked out on an interview. I don't know if he did it multiple times. Um, and Todd Phillips, you know, started touting all this cancel culture nonsense and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was just a lot of like negative press around the Joker uh, leading up to it. But it was actually pretty good, and honestly, the violence didn't really stand out more than, like, any sort of, like, action thriller movie. Uh, there's literally trailers before the movie that are more violent than this movie is. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. There were a lot of movies that are much more violent. Like, this had some basic, like, gun violence and, and like, a stabbing. But it wasn't, you know people being eviscerate all over the place or like it didn't compare to like a war movie or anything like that yeah, yeah. i didn't even think it had that much emotional violence to it like mm -hmm. that was another thing that they kept setting up was in the in the press and, and media they were talking about like oh you know he's 
this good guy that gets pulled down by society and all of these things and how it, it formulates making this person who was otherwise a good a good boy into a horrible person. But that's not really true from the movie either. Mm. Like, the movie does a really good job of setting him up as, like, he's got problems, he's got issues. We'd, like, start in media res of him having problems. Like, this does not spawn from nothingness. Yeah. Which I thought was good. Yeah, it wasn't so much like a like a good intentioned, good hearted person brought down by society as it was like a mentally ill person forgotten by society, you know? Yeah. Like it was somebody with mental illness. And in you know, that respect, it is very much a you know, forward thinking movie in that it looks at a problem that our country definitely really, really has, which is stigmatizing and not adequately helping people with mental illness. And yeah, while we do have like gun control issues and whatnot in in the country, the mental illness side also does play a factor. Um, and this movie really hits on that. It's like he was forgotten by society. He was forgotten by the healthcare people and social workers that were supposed to like take care of him and it left him in this mire of negative thoughts and negative influences and you know negative feedback that just like exploded eventually so yeah and i don't know if this might be a little bit spoilery (laughs) spoiler warning sorry um but we i think it does a good job not only demonstrating that through him but through his mom Mm-hmm. who also has mental issues and like mental health issues and we never see her get support yeah never in the entirety of the movie which kind of helps formulate part of the twist yeah which is so interesting like this woman is completely forgotten by all of society mm-hmm. it's so bizarre so shall we break into the more spoiler bits Yep, we can go ahead and put the spoiler warning ahead right now. I don't know how much spoiler conversation I have. To be honest. I mean, it's a pretty—you kind of know what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna <laughs> happen in this movie. Like, there's not really a whole lot of surprise, but um, true. Yeah, we can we can dive into spoiler zone now. So I did not expect, but then really appreciated how much. Gotham and Batman was actually in this movie. True, yeah. They did not set that up in the previews and things like that, which, I, in my opinion, was actually a really nice surprise. Um, I think it was one of the reasons why I went in not expecting this to be a Joker movie and then left thinking it absolutely was a Joker movie. They, you know, bring in lots of Thomas Wayne mm-hmm. and Bruce is in the movie and mm-hmm. Alfred's in the movie. Mm-hmm. They recreate the entirety of the death scene of his parents, like... It's it's thoroughly displayed, thoroughly entwined. Um, it definitely feels like Gotham. Yep. And I think that's really nice because it, it does give some depth to the Joker because I feel like it's much more believable that, yeah, this could totally be a Joker origin story. It felt like, yeah, it felt like uh, Nolan's Gotham. Like very tense, very powder keg. A lot of stuff bubbling but like below the surface with different like sections of society and whatnot. And 
you know, susceptible to bouts of anarchy and rioting and stuff. So it felt a lot like the Nolan uh, Gotham. But like I said, I really went in expecting to be one of those reviewers that was like, it's a good movie, but it's not a Joker movie. But I think I left with actually the opposite. I think it's a great Joker origin. Um, it feels like a believable. I mean, it feels like anything DC's putting out right now for Black Label. Yeah. You know, it feels like a relatable Joker origin. Um, you know, a believable Joker origin. This, this guy is kind of like forced into this role of, you know, anarchist, supreme, um, and just kind of loves it and takes it and runs with it and realizes like that's his place in the world that's his most sane most lucid role um and yeah i i thought it was really cool i really like felt like you know this was a believable joker and i honestly think it was you know when christopher nolan went and took over batman he was like i'm gonna make a grittier like more realistic set in like a real world with real world rules type of batman but then as the movies went on they just got kind of increasingly campy um and while it still had its elements of like realism and there wasn't like super people flying around all over the place it was still like a little bit more like a little bit outside of the scope of like real world um and i think honestly this movie does that whole like real world concept better I agree. Um, it puts the Joker in like a scope of what is reasonably real and like this reality. Um, it was cool. It was, it was really cool, and I like that they set it in the past. You know, like I like that it was obviously set in like the seventies or eighties. I think eighties is what they've said, because um, it gives room for like the world to grow, and it makes it a little bit more believable that there would be like less security precautions in places because if it was set today there would be security shit everywhere because everyone's terror like terrified of terrorism and stuff but um i think that was really a good idea to set in the past not make it a modern movie um but it still was able to get across like the messages that it needed to get across you know i agree i liked to the um tie-in um of the the music and the soundtrack mm -hmm. i thought the soundtrack was fascinating because it is just as jarring as the movie itself they play a lot with some older music and like very um um soft and and record style songs and then they'll like punctuate with these like bizarre 80s pop songs and it's it's super unsettling but also like weirdly hyping like they'll play a song and you're like normally this is one of those songs that you play when you're pre-gaming before you're gonna go out today but mm -hmm. in this context it makes me feel dirty <laughs> and i thought that was really cool because it it just sort of like throws you off balance of your own expectations and i really like that and i think using the soundtrack the way that they did also really helped kind of keep you unstable with when this took place, mm -hmm. it really leaned into that, like, Wall Street is super successful and everyone else is suffering. Yeah. And I like that. Like, you could imagine Gotham having a Times Square filled with, like, drug addicts and prostitutes. Yeah. Like, and it, um, you know, on that note, I liked that the overall kind of, like, 
topics and focuses of this movie were left fairly generic. Like, there's definitely ties you can make between, like, Thomas Wayne and Trump. There's ties you can make between, like, you know, America's 1% and, like, these more specific, like, focus problems. You can connect those to that. But it was never, like, the the connections and the metaphor in this movie was never, like, really hyper-focused to where it was, like, Thomas Wayne was a caricature of this person and, like, these people were caricatures of these people and yeah. stuff. It was all kept fairly general, which not only, A, makes it a lot more relatable where you can fit it in in your own life where you see fit, or if you're watching it overseas, you can fit it in with your culture as well and your society. Um, or we can fit it in on a global scale with a global society. Uh, but it also just, you know, when you get hyper-laser-focused and try to like pinpoint a reference and like just hammer it home you can get really ham-fisted and overdone um and it's you know they avoided any sort of like heavy-handed you know connections and metaphors and allegories by just keeping it very general and you know stuff that people can relate to like the downtrodden people feeling extra downtrodden and being angry about it like that's something we can relate to so I thought that was a cool way of maintaining that, you know. Oh, definitely. I want to give a shout out. Walking Phoenix is a weird dude. Yeah. Like, he's just he's a weird dude, and that's okay. That's fine. He acted his butt off. Yeah, he did a bang in up this job. movie. <laughs> I mean, from clearly how much weight he must have lost in order to do this role, yeah, because ouch. he is emaciated like yeah. it makes me think of christian bale and was it the machinist the machinist i mean like, it's not that bad it's not that it's, severe but like it's still extreme and yeah. he does a great job of like contorting himself so that it seems even sh like more intense yeah. and, and devastating and his breadth of acting because he goes from just some like normal anxious dude smoking a cigarette in the side like by the side of the road to super hyper angry to super off his rocker in a bathroom doing a little dance yeah. to his final like evolution when he goes on to the set of the show at the end and he is gloriously flamboyant and charismatic and uncomfortable like, it was this really cool line of, like, you don't know how to take him because he is kind of funny and he is kind of cool and he is kind of, you know, over the top and, and, and like, excessive, extra, if mm. you will. And then... He's real extra. Yeah, he is real extra. But then it's also just sort of, like, not quite right. Yeah. Like, it still sits well, super uneasy with you. Yeah, I was talking with somebody, and, you know, they made a good point, and it, it's totally there, is that, like, there is not, as far as I can remember, there is not, like, a single comedic moment in this movie. But everyone I've talked to, because after talking to this one person about this thing and their experience watching it, I talked to other people and their experience, there was always people laughing in the theater. Yeah. And that's the thing is because the stuff, the type of laughter it is, is this like awkward, 
like cringe laughter uncomfortable yeah it's uncomfortable it's a laughter trying to like find humor out of something that's really just odd like the scene where he climbs into the fridge or the scene where he you know uh a lot of his like dancing scenes for instance like he's pretending to dance with somebody and then like shoots the wall and stuff like that and it's all very uncomfortable but there are people in the theater laugh at that um and i think that's a like i can't help but think that was an intentional thing on the part of todd phillips uh, because the you know whole thing is that he can't control his laughter you know he's got this like tourette's-esque thing where he just launches into you know fits of, fits of yeah extreme laughter and meanwhile in the theater we're laughing at things that aren't inherently funny you know and i caught myself laughing at stuff just because it was awkward and uncomfortable so you know, he did this good job of surrounding the movie with laughter without making it funny. And that kind of fits in the tone of the movie itself, you know, summed up by the Joker when he says, you know, I thought my life was a tragedy and I realized it was a comedy. You know, it's this idea that like laughter is his way of coping with stuff. And it's also our way of coping with stuff. <laughs> And that's forced upon us. We're forced to laugh because we have no other way of, like, reacting to these odd, kind of awkward, visceral moments. Um, I just thought that was really cool. That's, like, stellar way of doing that. You know what I mean? I call that type of laughter the Kitty Foreman laughter. Mm -hmm. Because if you ever watched that 70s show back in the day, whenever Red and Eric would get into it and it would be really uncomfortable and there'd be a lot of tension... Kitty would just have this aggressive, really awkward sounding laugh that just sort of breaks the tension and the silence and it brings the audience back in without being too like, like, this is a really dramatic moment. Mm -hmm. Like, it just sort of like breaks the tension. And yeah. that's, that's what it is. And we as a society have been trained to incorporate laughter to try and like ease tension and ease hostility because of quote unquote polite society, you know? So, I, I think you're right. That's a really, really cool way that they handled that. Um, I also really liked the, um, the, the way they made sure that the Joker was a villain, even though he was our main character. Yeah. yeah. He was not a protagonist. No, yeah. Like, he killed lots of people. And did they do bad stuff? Yeah, like he kills his mom mm -hmm. who lies to him and and potentially potentially yeah. and, you know, didn't necessarily set him up for the best scenario and didn't do the best for her kid and, and put them in a very dangerous position when he was young, which could be the reason why he has his laughter. You know, he killed his co-worker at the clown place because he lied to him and like set him up. And so... And he killed the boys on the train, which I got to say, the boys on the train, they were douchebags. And I was super on his side for that one. But, um, like, he kills these people. And, yeah, they're not inherently great people or people who did great things. But he is still a villain. He kills them in horrible, visceral, unfeeling ways. Mm -hmm. He does bad things. And mm -hmm. so you don't see him as, like, yeah, man. You're n he's not he's not a John Wick. He's not killing bad people for good reasons. 
he's killing not great people just because. Well, and he's killing not great people because that's all that's around him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not to say he would kill good people. Like, he even lets that, like, one guy from the clown place go because he's like, you've always been nice to me. You know You're the only mean? one who's nice. And, um, but all he's surrounded with otherwise is just kind of like douchey people, you know? Yeah. Kind of asshole people. And so, yeah, he kills a lot of bad people, but it's not like he really had the option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He wasn't doing it because they were bad. He was doing it because he was reacting to them and they were there, you know? Yeah. To the extent where he, you know, ultimately it culminates in him killing Robert De Niro's character um, because he, like, makes fun of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he essentially was, like, a viral... It would be, like, Rebecca Black getting on, you know, Jimmy Fallon and, like, pumping the audience full of an AR-15. You it's know what true. I mean? Like, That's a really good comparison. It would be, like, some, like, viral video person getting on a talk show to talk about their, like, embarrassing viral video. And instead of taking it in strides, just, like, putting a bullet in somebody. You know what I mean? Like, that's essentially what he did. And that's not the right way to react to that. But in his own way, he's just reacting to people treating him poorly. Right. You know? So. That was a cool part of it, too, that there was kind of this, like, subtle viral video comparison before the time of viral video. So there was the video of him and they showed it on the show and the host makes fun of him. And then you think about how we've learned to cope with that today and how it's both sides of the spectrum are simultaneously better and worse. Like we're much more aware that you shouldn't treat people like dirt. Like Mm -hmm. as a whole, I feel like we all feel guilty that what happened to Rebecca Black happened to Rebecca Black. But then there are other people who make their living off of you know, making fun of other people online. Like, it's that fine line between trying to be kind to the Star Wars guy from way back in the early days of the internet and also laughing at Tosh.0. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's that weird line. And it it was interesting to see it portrayed in kind of like the original context of finding something that is so removed and then making fun of it because it's removed. Mm-hmm. Having that barrier of distance. So I thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool yeah. way to kind of like tie it back to modern day without making it modern. Bringing back like bringing in an issue that is super prevalent today without making it a today issue. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really cool. It was really cool. But yeah, it was great. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I've been recommending it to as many people as I can. So if you get a chance, go out and see it. Especially if you're a fan of, you know, Scorsese type films, because there's a lot of callbacks to Scorsese stuff. So oh yeah, um, definitely worth checking out. There's a handful of twists that we didn't cover, um, so you still got those going for you. Um, and those just come out of kind of left field. Um, but it was good. Any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I think some of the things and some of the concerns that the media brought up about, you know, oh, this movie could cause this and this movie could cause that. I think a lot of that was way overblown. Oh, it was super overblown. I didn't get and, so many you know, of that issue at all. One real quick thing we do have to talk about is like, you know, the this whole concept of 
especially in regards to the Aurora shooting. Um, this fear people have surrounding this movie about people shooting up a theater. Right. You know, um, it does exist. That fear does exist. And, and there's two things you need to keep in mind. One, if somebody you know is legitimately afraid to go see this in theaters, um, do not shame them or give them crap for it. Uh, instead, maybe realize that we do live in a society where people have legitimate fear of going to see a movie because they might get shot. Um, and maybe we should do something about that. And like I said earlier, this movie actually has a fairly solid message about certain ways we can handle that. Um, and we can, you know, start taking steps on the other end. Um, if you do find that you're a smidge afraid to go see this movie, either just wait, wait until it comes out, you know, no reason to give yourself extra anxiety or understand that realistically, probably nothing's going to happen. Um, you know, the, the Aurora shooting was a particular person being particularly damaged. He had his own sort of mental health things going on. He chose that opportunity. He wanted to get notoriety. He said so himself. So he dressed up like the Joker and went during a popular movie and yada, yada, yada. Um, it was a horrible thing that happened, but we can hope it was an isolated incident. You shouldn't let fear prevent you from living your life. Absolutely. Um, you should, you know, fly in the face of those people that want you to sit at home and be afraid and go out and live your life, you know? And for anyone who's been involved with or knows people who've been involved with a uh, any sort of terrible shooting tragedy, our hearts go out to you. People of Aurora, our hearts go out to you. Uh, I think it was a really good idea that that movie theater did not show this movie. I think that was a really cool like I definitely agree. bit of solidarity. Because, I mean, they could have showed it and made money off of it, but they chose not to. And that was, that was a really cool move because we got to stand tall with these people that have survived these sorts of things and have witnessed these sorts of things because it's a horrible, horrible thing. And we really need to come together and try to do better as a society to prevent these sorts of things from happening. I agree. I agree completely. Um, one nice thing to think about is that it's no longer opening weekend. It's yeah, a couple hey. weeks removed. Yeah, yeah, we're now is probably the time to go because we're good I ways think away, we've yeah. missed the the window. Yeah, the win <laughs> if you would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's understandable to be afraid. The society today is is a little bit scary sometimes. You know, we've got a lot going on, and mm. we hear about bad stuff every single day, and it's we hear about it even more now at the touch of a button because of our social media and everything. And and it's okay to be afraid, but yep. like Chris said it's it's not okay to put your life on hold or to put yourself into a bubble because we're effectively letting the people who are dictating your fear win and yep. we don't want to be like that yep. so anyway thank you so much for listening today yep. that's gonna finish it up get out and see joker um apologies for kind of a low-key episode i'm still not feeling well um i will be back to my stupid joke making self in <laughs> hopefully due time so but this book this movie wasn't exactly a light-hearted romp it's through, true. Yeah, through it's, the superhero realm it's, so it's okay to have a it's little not the, low tone not the family movie of the summer it's, it's really not please don't take your children dreamworks this. presents the joker <laughs> Oof. yeah that 
that wouldn't go over well with the yeah, academy not, not i think all. <laughs> all right so if you want more cover b check us out next week we'll have another episode up hopefully technology will play nice yeah um, technology Hopefully this episode will be up and technology will play nice. Yeah, technology. Um, and yeah, you can check out all our other episodes on CoverBPodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at CoverBPodcast. Yeah, go go listen to past episodes. We've done lots of episodes on lots of different superhero movies from mm-hmm. Endgame to Brightburn to everything in between. Yep. So. And until next time, we will catch you back here for another episode of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, guys. <laughs>